0: For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. Welcome to Everything Cooperative. This morning, you know, we're continuing to talk about Women's History Month, and this month, this year, this theme is valiant women of the vote, refusing to be silent. And throughout the years, we've had a number of women on the show, like uh, Shirley Sherrard and Dr. Jessica Gordon Nimhard, Deb Trocher and Kim Kuntz, Linda Leakes, just a lot of women in today's world, not just history, but that are refusing to be silent. And this morning, we have the pleasure of having Christy Gardner on. Good morning, Christy. How are you this morning? Hey, great. So I get that you're one of those women refusing to be silent in Washington, D.C. Is that correct? Yes, it is. We are trying to
1: open up a grocery store in Ward 8, um, a cooperative grocery store. And it's been a a lot of red tape, but we're going we're gonna to make it happen.
0: Christy, before we get into that grocery store, I want to get a little bit of history about you. So I get that you grew up in D.C. Is that correct? I was
1: born, yes, I grew up in D.C. I was born in North Carolina. I went to public schools. I got a scholarship to go to American University. I didn't finish, but the experience was awesome. I've been an advocate for Brave for the City, Um Advocate for D.C. Greens. I'm still an advocate for D.C. Greens. The Great Panthers One D.C. I am on the board for the Community Land Trust in D.C. trying to keep affordable housing in Washington. And just recently I was nominated um, out of 4,000 people for the Black Justice Organization as really being um, a person to help people in, in the district. I didn't make it to the 25, but just to be nominated was just, I mean, unbelievable out of 4,000 people. What I do is I make sure everybody, everybody in my building eats, everybody in my
0: neighborhood, my seniors. I'm sorry. I can go on and on. Okay. okay. And I want you to go on and on, but I'd like to ask you a, a few more questions here. Yeah. So you're a valiant woman refusing to be silent, and you've just talked about some of it, some of the programs that you are in. So you went to American U, and I get you. You had a scholarship in sketching and sculpturing. What was in art? What was that about? How was that?
1: Well, I've been doing art since I was um, a teenager, and in the way I lived, I suppose I went to spend but. I was trying to figure out a way. I didn't want to go to Springer because I knew all my friends were there and I knew I was <laughs> I didn't feel as comfortable going to Springer. So, Woodson Senior High had an art program and I applied and I was accepted and I ended up going to um Woodson Senior High which was great and I had a art program there. So, that's how I started with the art I haven't done too much with that in a, in a minute. I do do pencil sketching, but not. I haven't been doing any sculpturing in a while.
0: Okay. So do you see how any of that training in art education that can apply to this advocacy work that you're doing, this commitment that you're, that you're doing in, in today's world, refusing to be silent?
1: Yes. Sculpturing, it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. You know, you have to use your mind to make a good product. So when I'm out there in the community, I'm there for a purpose. I'm there to serve. My seniors, and I'm a senior myself with a disability and a um, domestic violence survivor, but the seniors are suffering. Um,
0: Really, they're suffering. So what I'm getting, though, is that in art education, If you're sculpturing, you've got to use your mind to figure out uh, what you're going to sculpture, how you're going to sculpture, and if you're doing, I don't know, wood or clay, you've got to figure out how to bring that image out. That's using your mind. You have to have a lot of patience. And Those Mm -hmm. are the things that you're still using in the work that you're doing today. Is that what I hear you say? Yes. Yes, exactly. Because the reason I brought that, I I have taught 10 years of my life, and – it's been amazing that when I go back and look at some of the things that I learned, like I I got a undergrad in math and science and I've never worked in that area except I taught math for a while. But the uh-huh. things I've learned in math, I can apply in today's world. That's the same thing I'm asking you about art. So no matter what, if there's young people out there listening, almost uh-huh. no matter what you major in, you can get life lessons. You can get lessons from that that exactly. you can apply to your life. Exactly. Okay. And patience is a good thing to know about yeah. and how to use your mind, great.
1: <laughs> it's taken me a long way, I'm having patience,
0: yeah. And you are a senior, and you said you have a disability, and you're a survivor of domestic violence. So what kind yeah. of life lessons have you learned throughout this growth senior period and living with and working with a disability?
1: Well, I, I need to have a hip replacement of arthritis in my hip and my left shoulder. But I keep moving forward. I just don't let that stop me. Um, I've fallen a few times, but I'm going to have it replaced. I'm just so busy. <laughs> I'm so busy making sure everybody, you know, this pandemic has been unbelievable. And to make sure everybody has food, to make sure everybody has, um, I get organically grown vegetables um produce from Martha's Table, the Ark, like three or four churches, and I take them to my seniors, everybody in my building. Um, I'm, I make sure everybody has fresh produce every day. And um, I, I just don't let, you know, this disability stop me because I want the young people oh, oh, that, that, hey, you know, just keep moving, keep pushing forward, you know
0: okay all right so we, we're we going to get to this food co-op mm-hmm. but i wanted to to look at some of your history before that so i got that you went to woodson and graduated in arts and you went to american U. you didn't finish that but you went there what did you do can you tell us a little bit about what did you do after after college what kind of work did you do what's your life look like
1: well, I've been a CNA for over 15 years. I'm a bartender. <laughs> CNA, CNA um, is a certified oh, nursing certified, assistant? Yes, yeah, certified nursing okay. assistant, yes. A bartender. Um, I drove Lyft and Uber. I've had so many positions. And, you know, as far as D.C. Greens the, with the Produce Plus, I've been with them for about four years now. But prior to that, way back in the day, but um, secretary, I've had plenty of positions. Man. If I could grab my resume. Um, so
0: when, let me just ask you this though: you've had plenty of positions. You've gone from sound like one thing to the next. What kinds of lessons have you learned being a secretary, or Uber driver, or bartender? Or,
1: well,
0: what I've you, always you-
1: been dealing with the public. Everybody says this about me. They say if you want to know something. Like, if I have your email, I try to keep everybody informed of what's going on in the city. I send out at least 10 emails a day informing people what's going on in the city, what's going on in the world. And everybody knows that about me. I mean, just like a patent, um, farmer's almanac, um, what's going on in the Southeast, what's going on in Northwest, wherever. I'm, I'm trying to keep everybody informed. And everybody knows that about me. That's one thing that I do.
0: So I've got to get you my email address so I can figure out what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like to get those emails at 10 a day. Okay. 10. All right. So that's a lot of communicating with, with a number of people. How many people do you communicate with?
1: Well, um, I can most, I guess about 49, 49 or 50 depends on what the information is, but you know,
0: Forty uh, nine or fifty a day. Christy, so being a black woman in America, uh growing up in D C with all of these different kinds of jobs, and you lived in South East, are you in Ward seven or you live east of the river in South East? In Ward you're in Ward eight. Okay. War zone. War zone. What are some of your life life lessons, particularly if you were talking to a group of middle school girls? What kinds of things would you tell them?
1: Okay, well, um, and it's funny you should say that because I was going to post something on Facebook in reference to the domestic violence. Um, I was with this person for 12 years. And as a matter of fact, we were talking, um, I haven't seen him in a minute, but... Prior to us not talking, I had asked him about, you know, why did you do what you did? Now, he remembers three incidents, and I remember four incidents. I don't remember the ones that he was telling me about, so I was totally blocked out. But what I was going to tell the young women is that don't make whoever you're in a relationship your life, you know, and that's what I did. And as strong as I am, I just, I was so in love that I didn't deal with my family that much. I didn't deal with my friends. He was my world, and I was his.
0: And Christy, Christy, I really got to come back to this, but we've got to take our break. I re- I'm very interested in what you're telling these young ladies. And it is don't something I got that there's something that they should not do. And you were so much in love and you were isolated from your family and everybody out there. We're going to come back after this break to find out what she's going to tell these young ladies, what not to do in life, particularly as it relates to relationships. Christy, we'll be right back. Everybody out there, please don't touch that down. back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative, and we have Christy Gardner on with us this uh, morning, and we're celebrating Women's History Month, and the theme this year is Valiant Women of the Vote, Refusing to be Silent, and Refusing to be Silent is the critical piece to me, whether it's on vote or anything else, and Christy, right before we took the break, uh, we were talking about what would you tell junior high school females uh, Students, what are some life lessons? And what I got was you're refusing to be silent about domestic violence, you're right up in front, and you were going to tell them what not to do. And what was that you were telling them?
1: Don't let these young men be your world because what has happened is with me with the pandemic, I was here alone now. Keep being friends, keep dealing with your families, keep being involved in everything. And he might love you, you might love him, but just don't let them be your world, you know, controlling. So that's what I have to say. Love yourself and keep moving on. I mean, I've I've always been a strong woman, but that particular time in my life, I don't know what happened. So just be resilient. Be your own person and keep being involved, you know, with your family, especially your family and your friends. Okay. So you can have and that. If he, if he hits you once, that's it. Keep moving. No one should hit you. No man should hit a woman. That's the coward.
0: Okay. So I've got that. You really want to be with your family and friends. You can have a significant other, you can have this uh, a person in your life, whether that is a boyfriend, a man, your man, your husband, whatever that other person is, but you keep your family and friends, your career, you didn't say that, but you keep yeah, an close. outside world so that you, that person mm-hmm. has a less chance of being controlling. Love yourself, that was number two I heard very clearly. Mm -hmm. If somebody hits you once, you said keep moving. I don't know if that keep moving was get on out of it, but there there ought not be a second time. No. I think Angela, uh, uh, she said uh, a person tells you who they are the first time. It's like, believe it. So if they hit you once, you know that there's going to be a second time. So do something, and that's something maybe get out of that relationship. Exactly. Okay. Those are major lessons learned in refusing to be silent, and I thank you for going right there. Domestic violence is big and ought not stay in it. Don't let anybody hit on you. And that's you're talking to, to girls, but that could be guys too. It happens sometimes.
1: Not often mostly
0: men hitting women. Mm-hmm. And there ought not be any any piece of that. So if, once is uh, enough. if not, I mean,
1: but why, I mean, what would be the reason for you to hit a woman? I mean, nothing they can say, nothing they could do for you to put your hands on a female.
0: I agree. I totally agree. As a matter of fact, I've, uh, I really like what Martin Luther King said about, uh, you know, just nonviolent resistance and that gets people's attention more than anybody else. And, in the Bible, it talks about turning the other cheek, uh, so you don't hit anybody. Yeah, but you know, I, I get that. I get that real clear. Thank you so much for going right there. Now I want to go back to other lessons learned. Particularly, you've been in a lot of lot of different jobs. You said you started naming them. Anything that you've learned as you're dealing with people at work, or what have you learned?
1: Well. Being a, a bartender, um, I was in retail for nine years, and the CNA. I've always been a caring person, so and working with um, the public is challenging, but it's rewarding. I mean, just like oh, uh, Bloomingdale's and even markets, I work at Antel's paraphernalia, but to see when someone comes in the store and they're confused, they're they're angry, and to turn that anger into a smile, you know, to just turn that into peace. Um, I've been able to do that all my life. I I, Mm. I love doing that. You know, because sometimes you don't know what a person is going to when they come in a store or come in a a bar or it's just amazing just to turn them around, you know, just with words. With my CNA Caring for people. Some people are there because they have nowhere else to go. Some people have been in a nursing home for ten years, twenty years, and just to give them love and to show that I care, um, that has been that has been my best job. I think, whether I'm being a CNA, taking care of someone, making sure they're comfortable, making sure they're happy. That you know, even though I'm an employee and I work there, but I am there for you you know
0: okay love and caring um, that's two great words patience changing anger to peace all right I'd like to know how to do more of that myself somebody yeah. comes in if it's a retail store a bar or in a in a health world and they have some particular issue then they may be angry uh, particularly in a nursing home if they don't have any Loved ones, if they're the last one here and they've been there for 10 years, they maybe have nobody coming in to see them. And COVID 19 mm-hmm. has really put a, hot light, a spotlight on nursing homes. But if you can show love and that you care, you can even turn anger into peace. All right. I like it. Yeah. I love it. So, Christy, let's go to there's some things that you named earlier that I don't even know. What is the Great Panthers? You mentioned that earlier.
1: They're a food justice organization. They've been in existence for a long time, um, I know over 20 years. Um, Michelle Tingley and Rick are awesome. We had a conference, I guess it was two years ago, on making sure the Washington residents have access to produce and food and it was a really big conference, um, at Calamella Jr. High actually. I went to Calamella, And um it's it's a great it's a great organization.
0: So you also mentioned Bread for the City and D C Green.
1: Uh, yes, I've been an advocate As a matter of fact I'm I'm a client. I've been a client for thirty years. Um
0: which one? Uh, and
1: Bread for the City. Um mm-hmm. Bread for the City has been around for a long time too. Um they just built a new center right on Good Hope Road, 1640. Good Hope Road was across the street from 1640. George Jones is the CEO, and he's awesome. He's been there 20 years. They have a food pantry. I, I, actually, I was the rooftop garden for Bread for the City, and that was a phenomenal position, too. I forgot about it. Me talking about it made me think about it. The rooftop garden, we used to plant herbs collard grain. Actually, in the southeast, we planted some cotton. <laughs> Even though I'm from the south, I had never, um, had never seen cotton. And we planted cotton, and we used the cotton to make dolls for um the children. Um, we had herbs, teaching people how to use different herbs. I really love that. But Getting in the dirt is therapy. And we used to go out to um, UDC's Beltsville farm and harvest. Produce, strawberries, um, grapes, oh, pears, it, they had everything out there. And we we had some kids that were, in order for them to graduate from high school, <laughs> they had to come out and work the farm. I remember vividly one day it was like 112 degrees outside, and the kids, there's just no way they were going to work the farm. And I was telling them about their ancestors. Who didn't have a choice they had to be out there Mm. every day Mm. no matter what Mm. the weather was and that's what got some of the kids through that you know think about it Mm. 112 Mm. every day you know and Che who runs the UDC farm is uh, (laughs) he's awesome
0: Christy we're going to take our second break here and uh, we'll be we'll be back with Chrissy to talk more about her life experiences, lessons learned, and we're going to eventually get in to talk about the food co-op that she's happened to start. And I'm particularly interested in the gardening experiences. I got to come back and ask you some more questions, Chrissy, about this rooftop garden. You said that putting your hands in the soil is therapy. Uh, we've had people on the uh, on the show that says it's spiritual, also very spiritual. Mm-hmm. With touching that, touching that that dirt they talk soil is a better term than dirt uh because mm-hmm. it's really really healthy for you but everybody out there we'll be really right back please don't touch that down welcome back everybody this is vernon oaks uh, we're talking about cooperatives And before we get into co-op, we were talking to Christy Gardner about her life and her life lessons. She's a senior citizen. She has a disability, and she's a survivor of domestic violence. And she said to to young folk out there, stay in contact with your family and friends. Don't let somebody get control over you. And love yourself. And she said as far as it relates to work. She's already, always brought love and caring into her jobs, no matter what those jobs were. She could get people to come from anger to peace. Wow, peace be still. So what we were talking about before we took the break was the different gardening experiences that you've had. And I wanted to come back and find out about this rooftop garden because what I know of East of the River, They were right in northwest in Shaw, which used to be the neighborhood when they first came there, and this got gotten up to where it's totally gentrified. And I did not know they had created a center over in Ward 8th uh, on Good Hope Road. So I got that. So they were in northwest and now in southeast. But where did you do your rooftop gardening at? Right for the city.
1: Um, They have a rooftop garden. Well, they had one in northwest and southeast. They're going to have one in the new location on good Hope road that's where i work and then with um douglas community land trust we have done a lot of gardens in southeast on k street there's one down on at the ark it's like five locations you know to show people how to grow their own
0: produce okay so it sounds like you've had a lot of fun with that it does take patience you said being a sculptor it takes patience being gardening I grew up in Bluefield, West Virginia, and my father and two brothers and I—we used to have almost an acre worth of gardening, which we maybe did for ten years. And it does take a lot of patience to see those seedlings become little sprouts, and the sprouts become vegetables. I started to joke with you when you said herbs. What kind of herbs? Because that (laughs) herbs I think (laughs) of used to be illegal in the day.
1: (laughs) Um... Actually, I uh, have my marijuana card because I didn't want to do the ibuprofen, uh, which causes kidney failures. So I get the medicated marijuana for the pain. But we didn't grow herbs on the rooftop garden.
0: We didn't grow marijuana. Other herbs, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: But, um, oh, we did all types of spices turmeric, we had mint, we had peppermint, we had lilac, lavender, all types of um herbs that we grew on the rooftop. But the most popular one was the cotton and then the collard greens. Oh, and okra. I had people coming up here. I'd just give them peel off of okra and eat it raw. And okra is really mm. good for you too.
0: Mm. Yeah. Hey, we always had it in succotash. Okra, huh. and my my father would normally cook it, but I've never eaten it raw. I, I need to try yeah. that right off the vent. Okay,
1: yeah, and fried okay. is
0: good too. So, how are you all working on this food co-op? How is that working?
1: Well, it's no longer there, process. but and back 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 in the day, um, it was, this was 19, 2019 was nineteen two thousand nineteen two thousand twenty. The rooftop. All ages came up there. The children were even more fascinated about, you know, getting their hands dirty and digging in the dirt and coming back to see what they had planted, you know, to come full of actual um, produce. The children, oh, that was the love of my life, just watching them see what they had accomplished.
0: You and Michelle Obama, Okay. <laughs> watching watching kids grow and watching how children respond to the growth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I want to change over to the this co-op food store. It's, Where are you um, in that we, process?
1: We're in, still planning. Um, it's the Community Grocery Cooperative, and we want to have it in East of the River Ward 7 or Ward 8. Like five of us that's on the steering committee. We have a membership committee, we have a governance committee, a budget committee. And I reached out to Wanda Lockridge, who's council member chair for Trayvon Martin. And she's put me on the path of getting some more grants because we're, you know, money is, is what's needed. Um, we don't have a building. It's just we're just still in the planning stages. It's, we've been doing it for about four years, but we're moving forward now. We have Janine Lewis, who's really working hard, and Linda Rosenbaum. So we're we're moving forward. We have a steering committee meeting every Monday and community engagement committee meeting on Thursday, actually tonight. So we're we're moving forward. Well, I graduated from the. Corporative Academy. Ron Hantz is the one who does that program. If anybody would love to know about corporatives, period. He's awesome.
0: Um You said Ron Hance, Hantz, H A N T Z. Yes. You know him? And what's the Yeah, you know, very well. What's the name of the program though? Corporative Academy. Okay. Is that in D C or in Baltimore?
1: Well, he has one in Baltimore, but of course, because of the pandemic, we did our um, classes were virtual. Okay. It was a six week yeah. program. And, um, Ron is really, I mean, he's awesome, very informative. I mean, he's just, I, I love him.
0: I like the way you use that word. Love, uh, Ron, Ron is committed. He has a lot of information. He shares it. He, he's, he's a really good brother, good brother. Yes, he uh, is. Yes, he is. And he lives in Ward Seven. Seven. Um, yes, he's on my list. Blocks. I have his email. <laughs> yeah, he's he. He's three blocks from me. We we can walk to each other to talk. So. Oh,
1: get out yeah. of here! Yeah,
0: uh, It's really right right round by the Benning Road station. I live in a no co-op. I, I live in a housing housing co-op. Uh, oh. On East Cap on East Capitol on, on the northeast side. So he lives on the northeast side too. Yeah, I know that. I lived in a couple
1: years ago on
0: Thirteenth and Kennedy, Fourteenth and Kennedy. So so you've got a five-member.
1: That's no, this is on the steering, right on the steering committee. We have over two hundred members that have paid. If you'd like to join,
0: just go on um, Facebook Community Grocery Cooperative. So you can go on Facebook at Community. Say that again. Community Grocery Cooperative. Community Grocery Cooperative. And you can sign up on that Facebook page? Yes. And and what's the membership fee? $100. Do I have to pay it all in once or can I pay it out over time? <laughs> we'll work with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So we had a gentleman, I can't remember his last name, Damien. He was on a show two, three years ago talking about they were trying to do a food co-op in Southeast. They were looking at Atlantic Street, Southwest. What's his last Atlantic. name? Atlantic? I don't remember. That's what uh, Dominique. I'm, I'm thinking of Dominique. Well, what's Dominate? Maybe I got the even the wrong first name. I knew it's a D. I got the D, right? It <laughs> be
1: but. Yeah, um, well, he works with 1DC, but he was in a meeting. We had a meeting um, Monday, and he was telling us, you know, adv- advising us of some things that we need to do to move forward. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, Dominique with 1DC is different. I know Dominique also. Okay. So this Community Grocery Cooperative, you have approximately 200 members, and you have a five-member steering committee, and you're on one of those five people. Yes. Okay. And you can go to Facebook, and I'm going to do that at the next break, and okay. look up Community Grocery Cooperative, and you can sign up for $100. Yes, become a member. Okay. So why are you guys doing this? Why do you want a food co-op? Well, in this, in East of the River, there's only one grocery
1: store, um, the Giant. It's 150 residents in in this ward. And hundred fifty, hundred fifty thousand, fifty thousand, yes, hundred fifty thousand okay. people, yeah. And a lot of the people in this area have um, a lot of health issues, obesity, um, heart issues, kidney failure, and you you have to eat right to live long, and that is what the cooperative is about. We want to make sure, and then also to educate them how to stay healthy. You know, once they start eating properly. Some people started and they were like, oh, they stop eating, you know, um, what you're supposed to eat. That is one of our goals. Actually, D.C. Greens did a um, march from the big chair to the grocery store, to the um, giant, to show how far you, if you don't have transportation, how far you have to go to go to a grocery store. The giant is the only store over here. You have the Safeway over on Minnesota Avenue, but that's, it's getting ready to close from what I, what I've been told. So it will only be the giant for Ward 7 and Ward 8. And it's, I mean, this is crazy. So you're saying that
0: the Safeway on Minnesota, um, which is Benny Road in Minnesota, and that in a shopping center maybe getting ready to close because that's news to yeah. me that I shop there sometimes uh-huh. uh, that is in walking distance or bicycling I do, I do that and shop there so oh yeah that would be terrible if that closes so there's a food desert and we gotta gotta solve that food desert
1: uh-huh.
0: now we're gonna take our final break here and I'm gonna look up uh, th- on this Facebook page community grocery stores to see if I can sign up but Vincent Gray with putting together um money from the city to build two big box stores and then rent it out. And I testified saying to him, "Why don't you take that same money and build four smaller stores and make them food co-ops?" Cuz I was thinking about mm-hmm. the co-op where you all were talking with in Southeast. We need more than two big box stores. One was going to be in the in Southwest and one was going to be I mean, one in Ward 7 and one in Ward 8. And we'll talk about the reasons for in a minute after we take our next break. We'll be right back. (music) Information is power. That's why the National Cooperative Bank sponsors this program is to give you information, give you information about co-ops so that you can start your own. As the folks in Southeast that uh, Christy Gardner in, are starting their own food co-op or you can go become a member of one. You can uh, go find co-ops in your neighborhood to buy. There's good reasons for doing that. Now, National co has been our supporter for the last seven and a half years, Christy, and their mission is to support and be an advocate for America's cooperatives and their members, especially in low-income communities and southeast, uh, a lot of North uh, East are low-income communities. They do this by providing innovative financial and related services. So, Christy, uh, NCB could become a partner. Uh, in this food co-op uh and there's other places have you all looked at the uh, corporate development fund um to see about getting any financing startup monies there
1: we've looked into that they have been helping us but as dominique was saying that we're trying to be more strategic um we're going to form a board of directors so it's like this steps we you know we have to take but Building a membership is one of our greatest concerns, and um, we're working on that. We're working on that. We've been getting grants, but we need a lot of money.
0: Yes, it so does it take, take a lot of money to get started.
1: Yeah, I'm Vincent Gray. I, the first time I heard about these stores, um, I testified at the hearing and talked about, uh, well, this was about D.C. Greens. We hadn't really gotten off the off the ground with the corporative, but i Specified for D.C. Greens for Produce Plus, which is essential to. They were giving out stipends, but they're going to do a debit card now where you can go and purchase with your food stamps to get half off. They have everything. um, What is it called? Farm-grown meat, um, eggs, cheese, uh, okra, collard greens. And um, then they have Produce Rx, where you can get a prescription from your doctor, and you can take that and get, you know, fresh pose um, wow. that way
0: too. That's neat. So the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is up and coming. Are you all planning on going to the up and coming conference this year? It's May the 11th through the 15th, and it's going to be virtual, so you don't oh, have to yeah. go in the cold. Definitely, definitely. What is it called? The virtual, virtual up and coming. food co-op conference gearing up uh i went up to wisconsin one year i was going to go another and it's cold up there this time uh, even in may but they had i think in march before uh this time it's uh going to be may the 11th through the 15th it's a virtual format 40 different workshop speakers uh so deb trocher uh out of indiana is the one that uh uh, sets it up and she's uh, a, a woman that refuses to be silent. She's uh, mm-hmm. a valiant woman. A valiant woman. Uh, Deb Trocher is really, really great. She and her husband, uh, mm. and they put this on every year from the Indiana Cooperative Development Center, and Food Cooperative uh, Initiative is is its partner in providing. This. Oh, okay. So, so that's just a lot of information because there was a there was a co-op that took a food co-op that took eight years to get started and they failed within the first three years um, it's called the renaissance in, in uh, Greensboro, uh north carolina yeah yeah heard
1: about that. and the, the Jim city co-op Jim a, city cooperative is really they're really doing
0: great have you heard
1: of this most city
0: Well, Mm. most of them do great, but I was just uh, cautioning you that this business is a hard business. It's a tough business. It's Mm -hmm. slight margins. There's another person, Ed Whitfield. There's another Mm -hmm. person, if you don't know him, he's a brother out of North Carolina. They had money. I don't know if they still do where they were helping to fund these. But he was saying that margins are slim, and you need good management. You need a movement, and you were already talking about that, and you need marketing. With his three mm-hmm. M's to make it successful, particularly this movement, and he said they never got the movement continually going on and couldn't get people to change their behavior from, you know, going to the um, dollar stores and and buying sugar-laced mm-hmm. foods to to get into nutrition, which mm-hmm. costs more. And I like the programs like the RX that you're talking about, and DC. I like their program. of going to, um, you would give you ten or twenty dollars every. Week to go for seniors if to to go to these farmers markets to get fresh produce. So DC yeah. is up front in getting mm-hmm. people to buy to buy produce. So that it, that is wonderful. But please go to this up and coming and get all of your two hundred members if virtual to to really know how to run this business. And I, I plan to be there. I plan to be there. Yeah, great, great. I need to get your email too. <laughs> Vernon dot at gmail dot com, real easy. What is it again? Uh, Vernon v e r n o n dot o a k e s at gmail.com. Okay. And for everybody out there, you can go to our webpage, www.everything.coop, dot and uh, within two weeks this program that we're talking uh, now with Christy will be up on there, and we have over 240 different shows. And so, Christy, you could go to everything.coop, and you can listen to previous shows. Even Deb Trocher has been on, I've talked about, other food co-ops have been on. But I guess I'm going to get to there are four types of co-ops. And so I don't want you to answer this right in a minute. Is your co-op going to be a worker co-op or a consumer co-op? Uh, I'll you answer that in a minute here. A worker co-op is a co-op that is owned and controlled by the employees. If the employees own and control it, it says it's a worker co-op. If a business is owned and controlled by the people that uses that product, it's called a consumer co-op. So if the people that goes in to this community grocery cooperative, if it's a community that buy in there own it, if those are the members and they own it, then it's a consumer co-op. If a group of people come together and they normally form a business to purchase, if a group of food co-ops formed a purchasing co-op, then they would go out and purchase those goods and those products that the food co-ops would, would then sell. That's called a purchasing co-op. And a lot of times, artists are using this, Christy. There's something in D.C. called a Consumer Purchasing Alliance that's working with churches, charter schools, other non-profits. And then, if a group of people form a business that markets their products, it's called a marketing co op. And thing, farmers uh, come together and they created Cabot Creamery, Lando Lakes, Ocean Spray. And then there is a group of black artists uh, in Pittsburgh that form mm-hmm. Ujamaa. Ujamaa is a co op formed by these black ladies. They make jewelry and clothing, and they do artwork, and then they will buy from other black women throughout the diaspora and sell at their storefront in Pittsburgh. I did visit it, and I did buy a Christmas gifts that one year for the women in my life, my sisters and daughters, etc. So that's the four types of co-op. So what would your co-op, what would your uh, community grocery cooperative be? Would it be a worker co-op or a consumer co-op, or both? Possibly
1: both. We want to have the clients have a decision, but we're still working. We're still in the the beginning stages, but we're hopeful that um, the people who are members, well, they do have a vote um, as far as what produce or what we will have
0: in the store. Mm Hmm. So. There's a lot of training that has to happen. That's the fifth principle of co-ops. There will be a vote. That's the second principle, uh, one member, one vote. And you're at the beginning uh-huh. stages of it, and you'll be doing a lot of training. But those are the kinds of things people have a voice. They can voice their opinion, what products are on the shelf, but also how the, how the, uh, the business is run. Uh-huh. And that's the third principle. They have to have control. The members have uh-huh. to have control. First principle of co-ops is open to everybody listen Christy, we've got to go we only have another minute here what would you like to leave people with what that, message? that
1: um eating healthy
0: you will live longer um that's what i would like to
1: leave with eating okay. healthy is important that's
0: so eating healthy you live longer and in my 73 years i've learned drinking water because you live longer and exercise those three things and those are the three things that I find that whether it's diabetes which I have or cancer or anything else, they uh, they come to other things is eat healthy, exercise, okay. drink lots of water. Christy, get, thank you so very rest. much for being on. Get rest. Okay. Thank you for being on. Uh, thank you very, thank very you much for, uh, me. for your for your love and your caring for all of the people in your neighborhood. Keep up the great work. And I'll look to join you guys in this food co-op. Everybody out there, have a great week and live cooperatively.